0: Now, I am so busy, I'm delirious. I'm not whining. It's good that you're busy, I think. I think it's good for the um, mental acuity. It's good for economics when you're busy. But boy, oh boy. And, um, you know, I'm not an internet guy. You knows that I'm a, a kind of Luddite guy. I don't really understand or care about all this cyberspace stuff. But we are now, I believe, uh, the most successful Internet news service in the world, in the world. And it's just been stunning for me to watch this whole thing just go boom. And it's thanks to you, of course. If you guys weren't watching, we wouldn't be so successful. And now we have millions of people sampling BillOReilly.com and the first TV, on and on and on and on. But anyway, it comes with that a uh, tremendous amount of stuff that I have to do. And, uh, you know, I'm up at 6.30 in the morning, and by 10.30 I go, I need a nap. And I took one today, so now I'm sharp. And here we go. Let's go over the state of the legal challenges by the Trump administration to the election outcome. The most important one and the only one that could Stall the inauguration of Joe Biden is in Pennsylvania, where the Trump administration has filed um, with the Pennsylvania Commonwealth Court. All right. They want to stay of the vote until the ballots filed after Election Day, November 9th, November 3rd, I should say, um, after Election Day, are thrown out. Now, that's not likely to happen in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, so it'll be appealed up into the Supreme Court. I don't know if the court's going to take it or not. It depends on the wording, because the Trump administration basically say, look, the authorities in Pennsylvania illegally violated their own law. And you, the federal government, are going to have to stop it. OK, so that is in play. And that's really, in my opinion, humble opinion. The only one that could put the brakes on. There's another lawsuit in the Commonwealth of uh, Pennsylvania, in Allegheny and Philadelphia, Allegheny County, uh, that uh, observers were not allowed to watch the vote count. And I think that's true in some cases. But does it rise? No. Again, in my opinion, this is all my opinion. Now, in Michigan, um, where the vote is a little bit more, see, it's about 45,000 in Pennsylvania, it's about 150,000 in Michigan. Uh, The Trump administration is suing Wayne County, saying they they violated all kinds of laws, um, and the status is pending. The suit is in um, the U.S. District Court, so it's higher than the suit in Pennsylvania. Now, the problem with all of this is if the Supreme Court ultimately decides to put a stay on the election, there'll be violence. In this country, you know, there will be. All right. So what we see in Portland, what we've seen in Seattle, Minneapolis, Kenosha, Wisconsin, you can see it everywhere. Big violence. So the court knows that. And authorities know that. And therefore, that is a factor. In these rulings, maybe it shouldn't be. Certainly, the Constitution does not say, well, if you're afraid there's going to be violence, you shouldn't rule the proper way. The Constitution does not say that. The law is the law. But it better be pretty darn big. and Because you've got to take into account the psychology of the Supreme Court justices. Now, three of them are never going to vote to stop the election. Those are the liberal justices. But the other six could. I don't believe Roberts would. So that's four that won't. Uh, And I don't know about Amy Coney Barrett. I mean, she's never been tested. So all of this is speculation. But what isn't speculation is that the two lawsuits that are very serious, one in Michigan and one in Pennsylvania, are winding their way up. Now, as you know, in early December, the states will certify the vote. Once that happens, that's it. Once the certification happens the feds are not going to intervene so we have about three weeks we i mean the united states of america so that's where we are but the violence factor is real it's real and it's terrible it depresses me to think about it that we could live in a country where violence can affect what's right. But I think if the Trump administration comes up with something massive, um, and the only thing that could really be that is if the Georgia recount vote tomorrow night, midnight Wednesday, flips it to Donald Trump, then we have a not whole new ball game, but extra innings. Okay. So let's move ahead. Donald Trump himself realizes it's a long shot that he keeps his job. He knows. And he's not going to do anything crazy. Because he knows he has another shot at this four years from now. I don't know whether he gets the nomination. I don't know whether he wants it. But if he does want it, he's got 73 million votes the last time. So he's got to take that into account. The only president of the United States who was ever elected twice, non consecutive terms, was our old pal Grover Cleveland. Throw him up there. There he is. Former mayor of Buffalo, New York, former governor of New York. Now, Grover in 1884 beat James Blaine. Wow, James Blaine. And he became president. In 1888, Grover lost to Benjamin Harrison, although he beat Harrison in the popular vote, but Harrison had more electoral votes. And then Grover was so teed off, a la Donald Trump, there's Benjamin Harris, another exciting guy. Uh, but Grover is so teed off because he won a popular vote, but he lost the electoral vote, he came back in 1892, and he beat Harrison. Um, and he's the only president in Grover Cleveland in history that won three popular votes consecutively. He came back. And unfortunately for President Cleveland, there was a massive economic collapse in his last term, second term. And, you know, they couldn't get rid of him fast enough. So uh, could Donald Trump do it? Yes, he could. Yes, he could. No doubt in my mind. I'm not going to say it's a lock because a lot of things are going to happen in three years. When I say three years instead of four, because that's when you have to start. A lot of things could happen. All right. The economy goes down. Trump's position goes up. If the economy stays vibrant. No more COVID. I think COVID's going to be gone, as I told you yesterday by the summer. We're going to do some COVID reporting tonight. All right. Um, but there are, are Republicans who, who want to go, who would compete against uh, Donald Trump. And, you know, the party itself, uh, they're divided inside. Not the voters. Republican voters like him. But the party inside. But Now, in order to run again, three years from now, Donald Trump has to stay visible. And the only way to do that in the United States of America is to go on television. That's it. Okay, no other way. So I expect Donald Trump to go on television. I do. Now, how that unfolds, I don't know. I will know. But I don't know now. Trump himself doesn't really have a preference. He's listening. He's listening. But he doesn't have his mind made up on anything. It's all speculation. But if Donald Trump signs on with a television news operation, and I think it would be a new one, as I said, I don't think he's going to go to the ones that are on now, he would do damage to the establishment TV operations, which are on the skids anyway. If you read my column um, on BillO'Reilly.com, I I lay that out. So Donald Trump would succeed. He would bring a lot of people in to watch it. But does Trump want to do five nights a week? No, he doesn't. All right? So it'd have to be a really uh, well thought out, here's Donald Trump. He's on this operation. This is what he's going to do. But he has to do it. He can't just go down to Florida for three years and play golf and, and run his uh, real estate empire. He can't. He's got to stay involved. And he wants to. He, he loves you, Spotlight. You know that. Everybody knows that. So I expect uh, by summer, by summer 2021, you're going to see something. But I could be wrong. I'm just guessing now. And finally, what I told you yesterday is absolutely imperative for Donald Trump's future. He's got to do analytics of this vote. He's got to hire an analytics company, hire the guys at MIT or Cal Poly or somebody, come on in and and analyze the odds of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania overturning a 600,000-vote lead. What are the odds of that? You need analytics. You need math. You need, it's 2% or 10% or 20%. And you need it in five places. I don't want to be repetitive, but I'll I'll just go over them. Fulton County, Georgia, Detroit, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Clark County, Vegas. You got to do the analytics and then present that to the American people. Look at this. There's a 3% chance of this happening or whatever it may be. So they should be on that now. I don't even think they thought about it. And if they do that, and Trump then steps aside and says, look, I'm going to step aside because I don't want violence in this country. I love my country. I'm going to step aside. Joe Biden's going to be president. But I know, I know that this was a fraudulent election. And here are the analytics to back it up. Very strong position. I don't know if any of this is going to happen. The final thing that Donald Trump has to do, and I don't know whether he's going to do it or not, is he's got to campaign for the two Republican senatorial candidates in Georgia. He's got to get down to Georgia, hold a huge rally, and have them on stage with him. He's got to do that because the Republican Party needs to control the Senate. Now, the Georgians, the Republicans in Georgia love him, love Trump, and that would give those two Republican candidates, a huge boost. Now, is Donald Trump going to do that? I don't know. But if he did it, it would help him, not just the Republican Party. They would owe him. The House of Representatives, by the way, I haven't told you this before, is um, 219 to the Democrats, 207, 207 for the Republicans nine Republican pickups, and there are nine races not called, and I think they're going to pick up six out of those. Um, That's like this. So Pelosi's power, way down. And in 2022, if the economy falters a little bit, Republicans are going to win the House. And if the nonsense continues from the progressive left, which it absolutely could, then Republicans are going to control the House and the Senate, and Biden will sit there. What's Biden going to do for two years? And that, again, would enhance Donald Trump's power on a comeback basis. Now, COVID is hurting, of course, American business across the board. So there's an article in the Wall Street Journal today. It says 300 companies that received more than $500 million in government loans during the crisis have gone bankrupt despite the loans. Okay, so, and and this continues. So, the COVID has devastated American business. And perhaps the most high-profile business that has been really hammered is the National Football League. All right, you know. I mean, a lot of the stadiums have nobody in them, and then they, others have 90%... Um, 10% fans can go, 90% can not that kind of thing. So I asked my pal Jim Gray, who's got a brand new book out, to give me a little analysis of the NFL because he does Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Gray's book is Talking to Goats, The Moments You Remember and Stories You Never Heard. problem with Gray's book is I thought he meant real goats. So I've been running around Long Island trying to find some goats to research, but it isn't goats real goats, it's greatest of all time. So Gray is a big shot. He knows like Tom Brady and these guys and he writes about them. But anyway, let's get to the National Football League. How badly, Gray, have they been hurt by this COVID thing?
1: Bill, this is quite an introduction. I'm I'm sorry you didn't find any goats, but they've been hurt very, very badly. And the revenues obviously are way down when you can't have people in the stadiums. And it depends upon your municipalities of where you can and can't go. Uh, Some cities, they're letting in, you know, as few as 500 and a 1,000 fans. Other places, it's up to 7,500. California, New York, and so forth. Uh, Washington, uh, they're nobody in the stadium. So that's just a huge, huge revenue hit. And obviously, they have salary caps and have to pay players. But the bulk of their their money comes from television. So they're still collecting those billions of dollars. But uh, obviously, and this has been devastating to the NBA, lost billions of dollars. Uh, by playing down in the bubble in Orlando. And they're going to start a new season December 22nd. And again, fans are not going to be permitted into these stadiums, obviously, with the COVID uh, ravaging the country and the numbers uh, going up. You can't have people congregating inside in a stadium and then asking them to pay for a ticket and not being sure that, you know, there's safety precautions and protocols in place. So if the NBA has to go through an another entire season, first of all, with all the travel, who knows if they'll get through the season being outside of a bubble. And if they do, and they got to go into it and and go through the finals, if they can't have revenues next season uh, from fans coming to stadiums, there's going to be a tremendous amount of teams in both the NBA and the NHL that are going to be in peril, that may not be able to operate. You take a look at what went on with baseball as well. Those teams are going to be in financial distress and trouble. It's a big problem.
0: All right, because they still have to pay the salaries that the contracts were signed before COVID, And they still got to pay all the overhead of the stadiums and uh, things like that. Yet their revenue, I mean, obviously the TV revenue, from what I understand, that's split evenly among the football and basketball teams, the revenue, the TV revenue. Is that right?
1: Well, the national revenue is. The local revenues are much, much different for baseball and for basketball. You've got teams like the Lakers and the Dodgers literally collecting hundreds of millions of dollars, and then you have teams uh, in Milwaukee and Miami and so forth that are collecting very small, small portions, you know, much, much different uh, disparity. Uh, but in the National Football League, uh, everybody, all 32 teams, share all of the television revenue equally. So it's, it's an easier equation for them. Right, right. But the but small you know, you got- markets in these, other, in these other sports are getting clobbered.
0: Yeah, when you got 70,000 people buying $10 beers and hot dogs and paying 20 bucks to park, I mean, that's billions of dollars. All right, let's, let's get to your book. So one of the reasons, as you know, I know a lot about sports. Um, and at one time when I was younger, I was thinking about going into sports casting until Don Shula yelled at me. This is a true story. So I'm teaching high school in Opalaca, Florida, Pace High School. And right next door, the Miami Dolphins, undefeated that year. We're training at St. Thomas Aquinas College. And um, me and another teacher used to sneak in to the press conferences and I I would ask a question. And I asked a question and Shula thought I was stupid and looked at me and I was all of 21 and said, that's a stupid question. (laughs) That was the end of my sports career. But one of the reasons I didn't go into sports broadcasting is because it's very difficult to really honestly report on athletes when you're so close to them. I can call Washington people pinheads, but I don't see them hardly at all. Guys covering the teams, guys like you who have to interview these people, you see them all the time. So there's a portion in your book that I found unbelievably compelling where you interviewed Pete Rose during a Hall of Fame game or something. Pick that story up.
1: Well, it was game two of the World Series in 1999. The Braves were at home playing the uh, New York Yankees, and it was the all-century team that had been named by a credit card company. And baseball had given up control, and they allowed the fans to vote. The fans voted Pete Rose uh, back onto the field for the first time in 10 years after he had signed away his banishment for gambling on baseball. So, uh, obviously, uh, it was a huge ceremony. Ted Williams, Sandy Colfax, uh, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, everybody was there and Pete Rose was allowed to participate as being the all-time hit king. Uh, So uh, at NBC, we did the interview uh, with Pete right after the ceremony, and uh, I asked him about uh, would he like to make some sort of an admission now that the American public was very forgiving, and would he like to take this opportunity to uh, come clean of something that he had been in denial of uh, for 10 years and and basically had lied to the public about uh, so that he uh, could come, maybe get back into the good graces of baseball and have a job and get into the hall of fame. Well, he didn't want to admit it then. Uh, That's and it bad. Got very yeah, we're cont- talking about
0: betting on Sewell games so people know, yeah. you know, Rose, yeah, Rose bet on f- baseball games when he was a manager of the Reds. So you asked him, Hey, do you want to apologize to the folks now and get this behind you? He didn't want to do that. And what happened to you?
1: Well, it got contentious and uh, it, it, it's, it's spiraled out of control. And then, you know, the fans got very upset because uh, they felt it was an intrusion on the ceremony and that it was the, the wrong time and the wrong place. Uh, uh, but the questions uh, had to be asked of Pete uh, at that time. And so everybody got upset. The Yankees and Chad Curtis uh, boycotted uh, me the next night. Uh, he wouldn't answer a question about the game winning home run. Uh, the fans got very upset, uh, not only in uh, Ohio and Kentucky, but across the country. And, uh, you know, there was a, just a, a ton of, uh, uh, vitriol and, uh, uh, a lot of folks very upset with me, uh, you know, making all kinds of threats and calling in voicemails and sending in letters. And, uh, it, uh, it just, uh, spiraled to the point, uh, where, uh, you know, it got, uh, uh, very difficult. And, uh, the repercussions, uh, were not only felt by Pete, but also felt by me, uh, as to, uh, having asked him those questions. And, uh, it, this was pre-internet too, so there was no social media. And um, thank
0: God! Was, uh, thank God! Yeah. You'd probably be in <laughs> Czechoslovakia, the Czech Republic now, Czechoslovakia. But if you read if you read Gray's book, he gets very specific about who did what to him, and it, and it, it's one of the nastiest things I've ever seen happen to a journalist. But very unusual character came not to your rescue so much, but gave you solace. Who was that?
1: Well, there were, there, were, there were quite a few and they were my friends. First of all, Dick Eversall was the model of how to treat an employee under distress. Yeah, he was the under NBC
0: under guy. Distress. But I, I'm talking about a real big name who you would not expect to knock on your door late at night to help you. Who was that?
1: The boss, the boss. The boss and his name is George Steinbrenner. And he came to my room when we got back uh, to Yankee Stadium for game three. And it was immediately after Chad Curtis uh, uh, blew me off on off after the game-winning home run. It was 1.30 in the morning, and I had protection uh, outside my door. A New York uh, City policeman and an FBI guy had, had helped me at the stadium, and one of them was still outside. So I thought it was that guy who wanted to come inside and uh, maybe use the restroom or order something to eat. So I opened the door in my shorts, and it was George Steinbrenner standing next to the security guard And he was in his coat and tie and had just come back from the stadium. And he said, can I come in? And there I was, you know, no shirt on and and so forth. And I said, sure, sure, George, come on in. And he said, look, I just want to say this. I'm fine with that interview. That interview was no problem. Uh, That's first of all. Second of all, the way you were treated at Yankee Stadium tonight does not represent the way that the organization feels. Certainly doesn't represent the way that I feel. And nothing like that will ever happen to you again while I own this team. He then stuck let out stop, of his hand. Let
0: me stop you. That, yeah. I, I, I was stunned. I know the Steinbrenner family for many years. I know how kind they are. I know or knew the late George Steinbrenner. I'm so happy you put that in, but I didn't know any of that. And when I'm reading your book, I'm going, I don't even know any of that. One last question real quick. Brady, how old is Brady? 42? Is he 42?
1: 43. He's 43. forty-three,
0: so I saw him throw a fifty-yard dart. As you know, I, I'm a former quarterback. Forty-three-year-old guy throws a fifty-yard rope last week. So, what is the guy eating? Well, I mean, I know he's a maniac workout guy, but I've never seen anything like that. And you're one of he's his best avocado. friends.
1: He's eating avocado ice cream. Is that right, avocado TV ice cream? I gotta avocado get avocado ice. Him and he's and he's and he's into pliability and he's into nutrition and and how to decrease inflammation and uh, Tom and his uh his training uh training coach and and great uh great uh guy that works with him every day Alex Guerrero uh, he has him on this program that uh, is enabling him to be able to continue at this I, high level and it's 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 phenomenal. Really I think
0: cool. I think he's a, a what is it, Cybertron or a cyborg guy or. Anyway, Gray, you should be be eating that ice cream. I'm getting it. Uh, The book is Talking to Goats, not the real goats, uh, the greatest of all time. Jim Gray, I enjoyed the book. Jim, thanks for helping us out tonight. Bill, thanks for having me on. Great to see you. I appreciate it. Cheers. So Steve Hasser writes, O'Reilly, you're making excuses. You're saying that our election system can be blackmailed by threats of violence from the left. Why do you think we, 74 million, will find that acceptable? Um, I'm not finding anything acceptable, and I'm not saying anything. I'm reporting, Steve. I'm reporting. All right? As I told you Monday, it's my job to tell you the truth. And I have. So uh, what Steve is referring to, as I said... In order for the election to be stayed or overturned by the Supreme Court, you would have to have a very compelling amount of evidence that is visible to everyone. Can't be a theory, can't be an opinion, can't be something like some observers were denied in Philadelphia. It's got to rise to a very high level. Why? Because the Supreme Court justices are human beings. They know if they stay the election, if they turn it around and President Trump turns out to be the winner, there'll be violence in this country, violence on the streets. That will happen. And the Supreme Court justices know it. Therefore, to make that kind of a judgment, you would have to have incontrovertible proof that every American could see. I discussed this today with Sean Hannity, who was running down the litany of fraud accusations, many of which are true. I don't believe there was an honest count done in Philadelphia or Detroit or Milwaukee or Clark County, Las Vegas. I don't believe there was an honest count done. I don't believe there was an honest count done in Fulton County. That's Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, I could be wrong, but the evidence says there were illegalities, irregularities that took place. But do they rise to the level of overturning an election? That's what the Supreme Court, the only body, the only one who could stop this train, and the train has to be stopped by December 7th when the votes are certified. So getting back to Steve, Steve is mad at me for reporting that. He thinks I'm advocating for the Supreme Court justices. He thinks that I'm condoning if they voted against staying the election. And I'm not. I'm not doing any of that. I'm bringing you information that's real. Think back. How many people told you there was going to be a Trump landslide? Think about it. When you're listening to the radio or watching television, how many people came on and told you, Trump's going to win. He's going to win big. All right. I didn't say that. I reported it was going to be very close. I also reported whoever wins Pennsylvania becomes the next president. Both of those things happened. All right. I went against many on the right who were convinced it would be a landslide for Donald Trump. Now. We're in a position where most Republicans, and I'll give you the numbers in a moment, believe that the election was fixed for the Democrats in key places. I'm not trying to dissuade you from that. As I just said, I believe it was fixed. If I were on the Supreme Court, would I vote to stay the election? I'd have to see the evidence in Pennsylvania. How many votes are involved that came in after Election Day? What the final tally was? I'd have to evaluate all that. I can tell you with certainty there are four Supreme Court justices right now without seeing any evidence who would vote against overturning the election or stopping the election. Four, Roberts would not vote under any circumstances to overturn this election and the three liberal justices. So there you have four already that no matter what happens, aren't going to do it for whatever reasons. And that's on them. So then you have five who may consider stopping the election. But if one out of that five says no, Biden's president. So I'm giving you the odds. Let's get specific. Georgia recount. It ends tonight at midnight. All right. So far, Donald Trump has picked up, as far as we know, 1,227 votes that were uncounted in the first go-around. There's a 12,500-vote difference in favor of Biden. By midnight tonight, are we going to see 12,500 votes go to Trump? And the answer is no. That's not going to happen. It's too many. Now, Georgia is run by a Republican governor, Kemp. Was there fraud? Yeah. Atlanta is Atlanta. Okay? It's not a reliable precinct. But is it going to be overturned? No. So the 16 electoral votes that Joe Biden got in Georgia will stay in his camp. Okay. Let's go to Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yesterday, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania threw out the observers were kept too far away lawsuit. They threw it out. Okay, Five to two. That's the system. The quote was the majority opinion from the court affirms that campaign observers had been given adequate access to counting areas throughout the election. Is that true? I don't think so. But that's my opinion. All right, so the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, not going to do anything about it. Now, can you appeal to the federal level? Sure, you can. But the one thing that does remain pending in Pennsylvania is how many votes, mail-in votes that came in after Election Day should be counted. The law says none, I believe. And that's the one that could wind up in the Supreme Court, the federal Supreme Court. So, I don't believe Pennsylvania judges are going to say, oh, our state screwed up. I don't believe any state judges are going to do that. You got to go to the feds. All right, here are the stats. A Politico, left wing website, they have a uh, polling place, uh, a polling outfit hired, morning consult, way off on the presidential election. I've told you about them in the past, unreliable, totally. So, they take a poll. 1,994 registered voters, but Democrats outnumber Republicans by 8 percent. So what do you think you're going to get? And the question was, um, do you believe that Donald Trump should uh, concede the election? Forty six percent. That's pretty low. I thought it'd be more. Say yes. All right. Um, Democrats, 72 percent of Democrats say you should concede. Republicans, only 17 percent say he should concede and you know what I say he shouldn't concede I wouldn't concede if I were President Trump ever how about that because I think that there was wrongdoing in the election now does that mean I wouldn't cooperate with Biden coming in that I wouldn't be polite that I wouldn't give him access no I would once the votes are certified Then you do what everybody else has always done. But would I concede? No. Not the way it stands now. Reuters poll. 68% of Republicans say the election was rigged. 68%. Think it was rigged. That's Republicans. And there were a few uh, Democrats and independents that think it's rigged too. Now, no matter what happens, and the heavy odds are, as I told Sean Hannity, I hope you listen to that, by the way, Um, that Joe Biden will be the next president. That's not going to change the minds of the people who think it was rigged. So what should happen is as soon as the Senate comes back into session in January, our pal Mitch McConnell should have a bill already written called the Fair Election Bill. And on the Fair Election Bill, it should have standards that all states have to meet in the next presidential election in 2024. Here's what you have to do, states. Now, states can still oversee, as the Constitution allows, but there should be standards. As I said, if California decides to vote, to drop the voting age to eight, which they could do in Sacramento, the Fed's got to you know, no. Okay? Now, the reason I want McConnell to do that in the Senate is because all the Republican senators would vote for that bill, I believe. We'll see how many Democrats would vote for it, the fair election bill. Because in my opinion, there are Democrats that don't want fair elections. And I could be wrong on that, but I don't think I am. Let's get to the mail. Uh, Georgia on the message board at BillOReilly.com. I'm sick in thinking that our Supreme Court would be bullied by Antifa, BLM, and other criminals to select our next president. If that's the case, they don't deserve to be justices. Again, I, I dealt with this, Georgia. I hope you watch the whole program. Uh, top, it's not a matter of being bullied. It's a matter of human nature. There is a cause and effect to every ruling the Supreme Court makes. They know. They overturn the election or even stay it. It's going to be violence. That doesn't mean they won't do the right thing. It just makes it very hard. John, you can never give in to bullies who wants to live their life being intimidated. Supreme Court must follow the law and the Constitution. I agree with you 100 percent, John. Linda, the world changes so much in just a week, there's no way we should be talking about Donald Trump running in 2024. Well, a lot of people want to know what he's going to do, and I have to analyze it on that basis. Juan Garza, Perlin, Texas. Elections, consequences, and the people have spoken. For the new government in our country, does that mean the folks are OK with the Green New Deal, increasing taxes and more regulation and open borders? Some of them are. One, some of them are. Only 24 percent say they're liberal in the exit polling. Some of them say, hey, we want that. Deb Granath, Flemington, New Jersey. Can you address what do the good citizens of this country do now? Nothing. You wait and you watch and you continue to vote for the people that you feel are looking out for you and the country. You're loyal, patriotic Americans. That's what you do. The system is the system. Sometimes it's not fair. We'll try to improve it. I'm going to be here to guide you through this. I don't think there's going to be madness. I think that Biden and the Republican Senate are not going to give in to the craziness. But if they do, <clears throat> we'll come up with a strategy. John, concierge member, that means that John can email me anytime with any question, and I answer it privately to him. That's concierge membership on BillO'Reilly.com. Bill, thanks for bringing up COVID in China. It's unfathomable that a year after, the Chinese government still avoids any kind of scrutiny pertaining to the virus. What can we do? It's the second most powerful country in the world, next to us. The world can't do anything. Dr. Michael Micolage, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Do you think the USA or other countries require proof of COVID vaccine for entry into their country? Yes. If you want to travel abroad, you're going to have to have a card that says you got vaccinated. I believe that will happen. Lynn Gaylor, Sarasota, Florida. Bill, I'd like to hear a comment on how. You are doing kind things by sending small gifts to people this holiday season that you normally wouldn't. Maybe you should send Mr. Biden a stand up for your country mat. (laughs) Let me see that mat. Throw that mat up there for Lynn. Now, we're almost out of these. We're almost out of the We Say Merry Christmas mats. We're almost out of the stand up for your country mats. You want them? You got to order today. I will try to replenish the stand up for your countries. I can't do the Christmases, I don't think, in time. Um, But boy, they just flew out of here. They're great items. Um, We also have um, the theme, Stand Up For Your Country on hats. We have other colors on the hats, on mugs. I love these mugs. Every day, we have white and blue, navy blue. Fabulous. And what uh, Lynn was referring to is that I am sending gifts like these, Merry Christmas America. All right, <laughs> Merry Christmas America. There it is, it's peeking out to folks just and starting now on, around Thanksgiving. Just to say, look, COVID is really cutting into all the celebrations, we understand that. But I'm thinking about you, man, that's a good thing to do. And these are really inexpensive, and you know, the best gift of all to. Those who like history is killing crazy horse. You know, after ten weeks, still on the bestseller list. You know, a mammoth uh, success. Thank you. And we have all kinds of deals in the BillO'Reilly.com store. Word of the day: When writing to us, not the uh, poltroon. P-O-L-T-R-O-O-N. I called an urchin a poltroon the other day. Total confusion. Didn't know whether I was complimenting or criticizing. Don't be a poltroon. Final thought in a moment. Okay, so Thanksgiving is going to be different. I had to cut down my celebration. It made me sad. I wanted to host some people that I can't host because of COVID. And Christmas is going to be the same thing, smaller, smaller, smaller. But here's a plan. So now I'm going to do extra kindness, extra kindness from O'Reilly to all my friends and family. And I'm going to start, I'm going to start before Thanksgiving. So I'm giving away a whole bunch of these. Stand up for your country because everybody likes me. Stands up for their country, all right? So I'm going to give away all, all the stand-up-for-your-country stuff, which is easy for me to do because I own it. And, but I'm going to start to give people little gifts, all right? This is great. And this isn't political. It's stand-up-for-your-country. All right? We're tired of our country being insulted. I am. Then I'm going to give them um, the Merry Christmas, America. These are great. I came up with these, by the way. I, I thought these up, anyway. But most of all, I'm going to spread the word that concierge membership, where you have direct access to me on BillO'Reilly.com. It's a fabulous gift, and you get free books. Premium membership. I'm giving those away. I'm giving them away. All right. And and it makes people happy. And it says, okay, maybe we can't be together because of COVID, but I'm thinking of you. I'm thinking of you. So get that list. All right. And buy from us. Don't go to the mall. I mean, that's insane. You don't want to go to the mall. Don't do that. That's cheap stuff anyway. Most of it's made in China. It's all made in the USA here. All right? Give gifts that matter. And finally, this is the greatest gift. This right here, Killing Crazy Horse. They're going to love it. If you have people who like history, want to know about their country, this book is fantastic. And you know it is. It's got 93% excellent rating on Amazon. Those are the folks. So, you know, all of that, you become a premium member or concierge member, you get this free. And we did that, so you're not going to put out a lot of money. But that's what we're going to have to do this holiday season. We're going to have to think about people who matter to us, start early, little gifts, Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, whatever it may be, okay? And maybe people who you wouldn't ordinarily give a gift on, you give a little gift, a little Christmas ornament or something, a little hat, all right? You got to make it up. This COVID is horrible. It's going to be over. But this season, let's be very generous. See you tomorrow.